the Brexit Breakdown podcast from the UK in a changing Europe. Hello and welcome to another Brexit Breakdown podcast. I'm James Miller, author, journalist, podcaster, man on a mission to find out more about Brexit. And to that end, I turned my attention to the young on this episode, the youth who voted uh, against Brexit in such huge numbers, we're told. There's a number of campaign groups uh, rallying youngsters to stop Brexit and build on that result amongst the young in the referendum a couple of years back. Uh, At the weekend, the Observer front page reported that students are organising in an anti-Brexit style Check me with my youth talk an anti-Brexit style uh, So on this episode, we spoke to Madalena Kay. She is the Young European of the Year. So, you know, if you want to talk to young people, go for the Young European of the Year, I'd say. Uh, she goes by the name of EU Supergirl on Twitter. Her hashtag uh, is EU Supergirl. Uh, her handle is actually Alba White Wolf. Um, she dresses up as a superhero and travels the country trying to stop Brexit, basically. And one of her weapons is music. And if you stick with this episode to the end, there is a special treat waiting for you there. Certainly worth listening all the way to the very end. Um, I was joined in the chat with Madalena by Dr. Alan Wager, the Research Associate at the UK in a Changing Europe. And I started by asking Madalena about her costume. What came first, the dressing up or the politics? Have you always liked dressing up? <laughs> um, politics first, definitely. Right, so is it like a, actually a bit of a pain to do the dressing up? Or do no, you enjoy I enjoy it? it, I enjoy it, but the, it's a means to an end. Okay, so tell me about the politics. Have you always been interested in politics? Then? Um, to a certain extent, I mean, like, I'm kind of from a generation that's a bit politically homeless because we feel a bit... Mm. screwed over by everyone um so i'm not affiliated with any particular political party but i've been very interested in political issues my whole life and social issues and like when i left school um i used to do arts projects that Mm. were working with like home uh, homeless people uh, young carers that kind of stuff okay so you're a classic young person (laughs) in the sense that uh, what we hear is it's the issues that drive young people's engagement with politics rather than party politics yeah and then that perhaps leads on to party politics somewhere down the line although it hasn't for you yet well i feel like our our political system in the uk is completely messed up and needs reform and i wouldn't be happy to support a political party i think until we had electoral reform and what i would consider to be a fair democracy well good luck with that (laughs) i know (laughs) you're going to be supporting a party anytime soon unfortunately um is that alan research associate You've been yeah. in, in the course of your research. Is that something that you've found? Is that uh, Brexit, as I say, young people are sort of engaged by the issues, and Brexit has been an issue that has engaged more people, there more was a, young there people. There was a low of turnout, <clears throat> turnout and engagement with politics uh, among young people. Eighteen twenty-four, where young people. So I'm, I'm not a young person, but you are. And uh, in two thousand and five, twenty-nine percent of young people said they were definitely going to vote. And then. Last, uh, yes, this week, the audit of political engagement from the Hansard Society has come out and it's, a, mm. it's gone up by 14% in a decade or in, or in 12 years. Yeah. It's been a massive increase in the amount of young people that say they're engaged with politics and say they're interested and say they're going to vote. So it's a big change, a big structural change in politics in Britain is far more young people are 
getting out there to vote. Yeah. And that's issues, isn't it? I mean, that is, you know, the Scottish referendum, the Brexit referendum, um, as you say, sort of immigration, homelessness, whatever. It's not the, it's not the part. Well, I suppose right, Labour might be having an impact in terms of um, um, in, infusing young people, but it's mainly issues. So Brexit it? is an issue. But I think the reason why young people are more engaged in politics is more about a general cultural feeling that they're dis- that they're being undermined structurally by the economy by the society whatever so 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 brexit is 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 a factor in that but i would say that can people the young people campaigning against brexit are kind of pushing an open door because it's not just brexit but a whole range of issues that young people and and brexit is sort of emblematic of of just one of those or just one of those issues that's there is a theme to this podcast increasingly over the episodes uh and just to pick up on something you said madalena uh it's basically nick clegg's fault Everything is Nick Clegg's fault. <laughs> because you said you come from a generation who feel that you, you know, you're politically homeless. Yeah. Isn't that because the Cleggar went into the coalition and did tuition fees? I mean, traditionally, the Lib Dems, protest vote, lovely, fluffy yeah. Lib Dems would have been the place for the young people to put their vote. And Nick Clegg ruined that by going into coalition and doing tuition fees. Fair? Well, I mean... I, I don't really hold that against Nick Clegg. I mean, for a start, it was a Tory policy True. and it wasn't a Lib Dem policy. So I, I think the idea that Nick Clegg was solely responsible for the tuition fees rise is just complete nonsense. But yeah, it has annoyed a lot of young people. I mean, like in my constituency, which is Hallamshire, his constituency, mm. there was a slur campaign against him um, with, you know, posters up everywhere saying, you know, this guy's you know ruined your future trying to get the students to vote for labor instead well that worked out well didn't it well yeah what did we get we got jared o'mara (laughs) i think we'll probably leave leave his name there well i mean there's a wider point there that people feel that labor represents them if you're you're a young person despite the fact they haven't got a bold brexit anti-brexit policy Hmm. it's difficult for other parties like the liberal democrats because because young people are bothered by a whole range of things and brexit's just one of those Hmm. so it then is difficult for so on one level, it's it's easier for Brexit campaigners because young people are pissed off about a whole load of things. But it, it, Labour, as a party, aren't aren't actively and directly campaigning at the moment to stop Brexit. But fifty percent of the young people that voted for Labour think that Jeremy Corbyn is pro EU. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of yeah. misconception. Actually. What is going on there? Because <laughs> even if you think he is anti-Brexit, he's certainly not pro EU. No. I mean, I'm not saying he's anti-Brexit, but he certainly was never pro-EU. Um, that is a bit confusing. Let's just define our terms. We're talking about young people, yeah. which I know sounds a bit patronising. But electorally, am I not right in thinking that, you know, when people were talking about the, the youth quake last year, actually young people goes up to about 40 or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah James, you're, you're a young person. Not though, quite. Really. No, yeah, not no? quite. Oh, not well, anymore. Yeah, I'm not even, um, under that definition, I'm not even a young person anymore. The new barometer is if you're under 45, you're a young person. Hey, I'm right? a young person. If you're, young, if you're under 45, you then you're... Under was 45 the, isn't young. That's that ridiculous. was the point where you went from Labour to Tory, and that was the, the highest age. The age gap is, is, yeah. is, 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 is massive. Um, all that shows is that wonks are mad. <laughs> under 45 is counted as young. That's nonsense. Um, but interesting, you're talking about age gaps. I mean, obviously from your activism, Madalena, you have presumably met a lot of young people. Is it your uh, understanding that young people are broadly pro-EU slash remain? Yeah, I mean, we, my generation has grown up as European citizens. It's something right that we've had our entire lifetimes. It's an identity that we're very comfortable with. So, yeah, the majority of young people are pro-EU. You know, 75% of 
voted to remain. Right. But that doesn't mean that they're out there actively campaigning. It's an edit. Someone said something boring or illegal. Maybe told some slanderous story about Boris Johnson. You'll never know. You know. I mean, I'd get trolled quite a lot by these sort of like far-right Tory group, young youth groups mm. on, on, on Facebook and stuff that... I mean, find me very intriguing, but yeah, they absolutely troll me to death. And and these are really clever. You know, these are like studying at Oxford and Durham and Cambridge, and um, uh, and they're trolling you because you are you must be a hell of a target for trolls. Yeah, you're a lady, absolutely. right? I mean, that's number one makes you a troll target anyway. Yeah. Uh, let the alone misogynistic abuses. A lady with an opinion. Say, oh, exactly. God, blimey, then you're in trouble. And a lady with an opinion <laughs> in a mini skirt. Oof. And a red cape. Uh, yeah. That's it. And pro EU. <laughs> um, how bad does it get? Do you get abusive trolling, or is it just? Uh... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's funny things like um, people telling me like, "Oh, you should be in the kitchen learning how to iron and stuff like that," and you're just like, "Oh my god." What that's that's pretty witty. From? Come on, <laughs> I can understand why they got into Cambridge. I mean, that, that's... Um, but then there's no, there's some really nasty stuff. Yeah, um, and and then there's vi- you know violent stuff as well. I mean, Oof. It's... Uh, obviously, I mean a lot of your campaign is on social media in the sense that you put a lot of your stuff out there on social media. Yeah, is that a big part of? I mean, how how useful is that? Do you think you reach other people that way, or are you? Yeah, are you shouting into the echo chamber? No, 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 no. I one of the things that I do quite well is actually reach groups outside the echo chamber because a lot of the official campaigns we are just yeah. bouncing around to people that support our ideas, etc. Mm. The thing is, um, the Daily Express love me. <laughs> <laughs> I've had like four or five articles written about me in the Daily every really? time. Yeah, Breitbart. There's been two, and the editor of Breitbart also shared um, a Channel Four news video of me mm. onto his facebook profile page and i literally like got there was just the, the string of abuse from that was ridiculous that's quite dark actually isn't it yeah. i mean why is the editor of breitbart I mean, what had you done to be to for him to to put you on there so channel four did this like little feature on me like running around as a youth supergirl yeah. and my art and my music it was like it was quite a positive piece yeah and he just yeah shared it but in what was he did he share it with comments saying yeah, look yeah. at this idiot sort of thing yeah because that's quite unpleasant yeah it was um, but you that's... know he's the editor of Breitbart. You kind of expect that. <laughs> <laughs> you might. I couldn't possibly comment. The thing is, uh, they then they then search me out on like all media platforms: YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and I just get strings and strings of notifications popping up all the yeah. time with like people calling me a liberal fascist c-word. Does that get you down? Um, sometimes. Yeah, but... must do. You tell me, researcher Alan. Social, yeah. social media, where does that fit into this picture? Especially now in a post-referendum world, does it influence people's opinions, or is it? Well, uh, I think. I, mean, it, I don't know what. Yeah, I'm I think this, it like, does. You research everything. Research <laughs> Alan, what have you researched? Well, no, I think I, I think I think I think there is an impact on social of social media, and we saw that in the general election. It was really, and, and especially stuff that can organically be spread uh, throughout and and above and beyond the kind of traditional bubbles of, of young people i think there were some momentum videos that got shared does it persuade anybody that. does it um, actually persuade them or does it just harden people's opinions i think there was some specific campaigns so in the in the general election last time there was a campaign um about 
the banning of uh, animal, animal cruelty, basically, yeah. and all that sort of thing. What was it? What was it? Kind of. Well, there was the fox hunting, and there was something else about animals as well. Yeah, yeah, and, and this stuff, <laughs> this stuff was spread uh, virally on social media, and it cut okay. through. Uh, and there was, there's been some research evidence to show that it's been cut through more than a lot of traditional yeah. media, basically. Yeah, so I think, I think, I think there are new streams and new ways of doing it. Talking and editing. Talking and editing. Why are the young people so pro EU? Um, well, like I said, it's an identity that we've grown up with, so we're, like, used to it. We've not got these kind of... Have they? I mean, I just wonder... I mean, maybe because I'm not a young person, the idea of being European... Mm. I mean, I don't sort of think I'm not European, I don't know, I, but I never really thought about whether I'm European or not until the referendum came along, perhaps. Yeah. But were you, is that the same for young people, or is it a stronger identity for the young that they consider themselves, whatever, English, British and European? Well, you know, there's been migration into the UK, so we're mm. accustomed to, you know, we've got, we've had teachers yeah. that, are, that are foreign, you know, our doctors, our nurses, we're, we're, we're quite used to that. It's not something that we fear. Yeah, but I suppose the older generation would be aware of it and maybe used to it as well. But you reckon it was more of a threat to the older people? They, they feared it? I mean, my grandpa, I mean, my grandparents are both dead, but um, they used to be terrified of gangs of Polish <laughs> people hanging yeah. around on street corners and it's it's just totally irrational what? phobia hanging around putting up extensions <laughs> setting up <laughs> hand car washes Polsky, uh, shop. yeah with their salami <laughs> i mean that is a bad thing about immigration let's be honest i mean i don't want to be ra- i don't want to be racist but polish week in lidl is rubbish <laughs> come on I mean, so I can understand like why the Poles came over. Exactly, I understand why the Poles piled over here. If that's all they had well, to eat, I buy this out, yeah. I'm, I'm big, oh. big on the gherkins and all that. Oh, well, no. But it wasn't just... There was a lot of people that don't normally vote, and they weren't necessarily really old. And so in Sheffield, for example, I think... Um, in, I think four out of five constituencies, their turnout was higher in the, in the referendum than it was in the general election just before it. Yeah. So I guess... What would you, what would you say to those people that they voted in the referendum, and how, and in terms of, if you tried to reverse the result, what would you say to them? We don't want to reverse the result. We want a vote on the deal, and we know what the facts are. Ah, oh, come on, you want to reverse the result. I know you, you might be campaigning. No, we accept that we accept that people voted to leave. All right, so... based on nothing at all. All right, but you get your vote on the deal, right. and everyone says the deal's rubbish. Yeah. Then what? Come on, you want to stay in the EU. You want, you want another vote. that's in the best interests of the UK. Yeah, well, so ultimately... That's ultimately what we want. What you want is yeah. to either stay in... I want I want our in. country to have a strong economy and I want all of our public services to be funded and I want young people to have opportunities to live and work abroad. Yeah, that's what I want. So this, people want a second vote. It's a bit disingenuous, really, isn't it? No. This idea you want to vote on the, on the on deal. On the fact. Really, no. you want to get back in the EU. That's... The vote on a deal. We've not left the, vo- the EU. Well, yet. all right, but uh, the vote on the deal is just a step towards staying in or getting back in the EU. Staying in the EU. Okay. We're not getting back in. We've not left yet. All right. Well, that brings us on to what happens. Do you think we will leave the EU? No. How, how, does it, how do we not leave the EU? Uh, plot that out for me. How do we stay in? There's a few uh, ways. I mean, like for example, if the, uh, another snap general ele- election got called, or um, if we did demand this people's vote um, and got that, or if the MPs voted down in Parliament. Okay, well, give me your plot it out. What's going to happen? Then say what we have a vote on the deal. Is that the most likely, or do you think MPs will vote it down? Um, I think there should be a vote on the deal. Right. So we have a vote on the deal, yeah. and. 
it's, everyone says it's rubbish. But what, want... what's on the ballot paper? Yes to the deal or no to the deal? Or does it also say give the option of staying in? Yeah. Or, so it's... Yeah. We've so got the, a, we've got a the petition. options are accept the deal, yeah. reject the deal and renegotiate, or stay in on current terms, or yeah, leave with you've got to have leave. What, just crash out? Leave with no. Rules. Yeah, if you're going to have stay in, you've got to have leave with no deal, right? That's got to be on the ballot paper. So that's the four options. Right. This is getting complicated, isn't it? I think there should be two options, which is accept the deal or remain. Okay, fine. So remain wins. Yeah. Then what? We we can't, not, we're not just going to go, oh, no, well, that was a bit silly no, no, for a couple no. of years. <laughs> Nigel Farage is going to go off on one. I mean, he'd be driving yeah, a tank up Whitehall. He will. He'll be throwing fish everywhere. Yeah. Fish everywhere. yeah. No, I mean, th- what I see stopping Brexit as is a sticking plaster on the fundamental problem of this Eurosceptic narrative which dominates our political culture, our right-wing press in mm-hmm. the UK. We needed to do a huge amount of work in terms of civic education um, and, you know, creating a positive pro-EU narrative. And that's one of the things that I try and do with my campaigning, because a lot of people, are, you know, they're doing a continuation of Project Thea. Mm. It's they're trying to prove that all the things that they said mm. would happen because of Brexit are going to happen. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it didn't work before. Yeah. What we need is we need someone going, hey, guys, the EU is actually really great for all of these reasons. And this is why we should support it. Um, does that work when you campaign on that basis? Do you find that that has cut through, that people react better to that sort of message than the, the economy's about to go down the pan if you do this sort of thing? It's targeting a group, a specific group. So what I would call lapsed Remainers or people that are kind of like, well, they voted Remain or they voted Leave and didn't really know why. Mm. And they, they actually look at me and they're interested and they're quite inspired by what I have to say and they pay attention. I, I think in terms of the people that voted Leave and they have, you know, they, I, I maybe harden their opinions or I sort of, they think I'm a bit weird or... Should more Remain campaigners dress up as superheroes? If they want to. Should Chukumuna dress up as Iron Man? <laughs> don't think that's a good look for him, but... Which what would be a good look for him? Who's a who's got the the baldy headed superhero? Who's are there no bold superheroes? That's outrageous. Marvel is there aren't. There's a gap in the market for a bold superhero. Yeah, that's super. outrageous. Uh, uh, who else? Superman. We... Superman. <laughs> good one. Um, who else have we got? We could have Liz Kendall. Could be um, what's her name? Black Widow. Could see that. Uh, Anna, Anna Subri is she a, is she a, she could be a superhero you see the thing is these people like I've been compiling this list of EU superheroes and the point about Ooh. the list yeah I know right it's on my website www.eusuperheroday.com and there's a list and people have been nominating their superheroes and the point is that you don't need to wear a cape to be one of our EU superheroes yes. you need the silly costume I do that because I can't do anything else <laughs> but these people are fighting to stop Brexit and we are valuing him for that and I've got them all on this long list all right. no you, that, you're doing yourself down you're being very modest there <laughs> you, you wear a superhero costume because it works because it yeah, engages yeah. people yeah. right so you know you don't be modest about it it's a, <laughs> it's a good stick and it works right it works for me it doesn't work for everyone you are Young European of the Year. Yes. A Young European of the Year? The Young European the, of for the Year? The? For oh, the young people in Europe. You are the one. I am the one. Nice one. I know. Uh, and this was just uh, a few weeks ago you were it awarded this. It was 28th, no, 27th, uh, it was March anyway. Yeah. It was just before my birthday. Oh, well, that's a nice Which is the 29th present. of March, and my birthday is also on the day when the Theresa May triggered Article 50. Oh, well, that'll be a nice birthday present next year, won't it? No, because I'm going to stop Brexit. <laughs> well, that would well, be an even nicer birthday present, wouldn't it? <laughs> How do you get to be Young European of the Year? 
just from like going overboard with the campaigning as I have. But how did how you know did you get nominated? Did you nominate yourself? Or? I think a lot of people nominated. Like the nom- the nominations were open to the public, right? And then the shortlist is decided by a panel, and then you go and there was five of us interviewed in Berlin at right. the Schwarzkopf Foundation by the panel, and then they make a decision. Cool. So what did you get? Um, well, costume? you get the accolade. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah. No. Um. There's a grant, which uh, I know, which oh, is either to put towards an internship at the Parliament, which is what most people do, or if you're like me, we'll probably use it for a pro EU project. Right. That gives me creative freedom. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is there a lever equivalent? Is there some your sort of nemesis, if you like? Does that does that exist in the? There's some sort of. Right. If you've got a you, it's the end of Supergirl. You've seen the movie, right? You've never. Well, how can you be you, Supergirl, if you've not seen the movie? I have never watched. Uh, is that a movie? movie? Is it an eighties movie? Oh come on, young people! <laughs> I only do it because because it's something that most people engage with. It's, it's quite some... good, Supergirl. It's got Faye Dunaway. She's the baddie. It's, it's, oh, right. Anyway, obviously, Supergirl has to beat the baddie at the end. Yeah. Final boss. If you, yeah, exactly. No, it's not a computer game. Oh, right. It's in the 80s when we had films, not computer games. Um, you've got to... Who is the, the ultimate baddie that you need to face at the end of this movie to stop Brexit? I would... Uh, I mean, like, the, the big... I think the biggest drivers of it were Farage, Boris and Gove. Right. But on, on the subject of that, I'm actually being, um, like, turned into this cartoon character for a for a comic book, which is called the wow. Brexit comic, right? Yeah. And he's doing me as EU Supergirl and my dog. And then the per- the, the uh, Boris Johnson is called Captain Brexit, I think. Uh, okay. So um, uh, that's who I'll be defeating in this comic book. He's the baddie. Uh, is Boris the big baddie, Alan? If, if, Brexit, okay, so... if Brexit is to be stopped, right? I'm not quite sure where this analogy is going, but if Brexit is to be stopped, who is... The final boss. How how does it happen? Well, I think there's a, a case to be made that it was Boris Johnson that swung enough votes in the referendum campaign that he made the difference. If we're so looking back in the past, if, if we look at the referendum campaign, if Boris Johnson hadn't campaigned for the Leave campaign, it's about all we say about young people and old people and all the factors that cause Brexit, he was a key factor. So I'd say he's probably is the the ultimate Brexit value. Okay. Uh, going forward. It looks like, I mean, if there was another referendum, um, would a whole load of Remain people that campaigned last time, would they vote Would they vote to stay in again? I'm not sure. Would all, I mean, so we looked at... Yeah. Sajid Javid has just become Home, home Secretary in, yeah. the last, in the last while. So, And he, he would probably campaign for leave if there was another referendum. So, I don't Oh, know. it'd be like Avengers... What's it called? Infinity War, but in reverse. <laughs> Avengers Infinity War. Lots of baddies and one goodie. Is that, is that right? I haven't seen Infinity War. No spoilers. So, uh, I can take them all on. Okay, well done. That's that's, uh, that's that's the positive attitude of the youth. I like it. Um, let's finish with the features. Best thing. Worst thing. What will be, and you've got to answer this right, what will be the best thing about Brexit? All right. I, I appreciate you don't want it to happen and you don't think it will, but if it does... Surely there will be some upside to it that you can see. Well, there's already been an upside, which is the huge community of Remain campaigners that has formed to protest against Brexit. And these are some of the most wonderful people that I have met in my lives and really inspirational people. And um, having, having met them has really been the only positive benefit out of Brexit that I can see. Perhaps an easier one for you. What will be the worst thing about Brexit? No, that question is harder. Is it? Because there's so many. <laughs> so there's only one benefit that, I, that that has come out of Brexit for me. Yeah. 
and and, and that's the people uh, the community that's developed the, the 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 negative impacts of brexit are just across the board it's impossible to put your finger on on uh you know a single one that's going to be the worst because this it's just it's the start of a decline for our country um all right but i'm going to ask you to put your finger on the worst or give me some examples of what will be these bad things because it's all very well saying there's lots of bad things yeah um spell it out what what give me an example of of a bad thing that's going to affect my life or is going to affect young people's lives well the damage to the economy from leaving the single market and customs union you know it's the the government's own impact assessment say two thousand million pounds per week right Mm -hmm. and in lost gdp growth Mm -hmm. and that means less funding for our public services Right. which is going to affect everyone. And it's going to affect the people that are already suffering at the hands of Westminster in poor, deprived regions. It's going to hurt them even more. And that's the real outrage of Brexit. Well, they voted it's for it. It's going to it's worse. Their problem, isn't it? They were, they were misled. Be angry at the politicians that misled them, not at the people that have been deceived. OK. I mean, I, I guess, I, how do you think, that? how do you feel that uh, uh, Sukhra and this kind of new centralised Remain campaign is doing at convincing people so far? Because it's been quite a recent thing, this new... The people's vote thing. Yeah. Just for the, the help of listeners, Adelaide just pulled a face. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's great that all of the campaigning organisations are coming together and working behind this effort, but it is quite... Um, you know, it's quite corporate in its, mm. its stance. It's being led by politicians who there is already mistrust in. And I think get, uh, trying to get a people's vote is a good idea. But then the question remains, like, will we actually have changed minds? And what I think we need to do in order to change minds is to bring the argument down from all these economic levels. Because at the end of the day, who knows what two thousand, what the value of £2,000 million actually is, Yeah. you know, to an ordinary yeah, yeah. person. Sure. So we need to bring the arguments down to a personal level. We need to talk to people about how the EU benefits their lives uh, in their local communities, um, uh, you know, how EU funding is spent. Um, you know, we need to make these arguments of, like, actually, how much is it going to cost per person? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that might lead on to the, the final feature, which is... In the unlikely event, this podcast has not enlightened you sufficiently. How do you explain Brexit to people? What is your recommendation for people that want to understand Brexit? What should they watch, read, follow, sing, buy? <laughs> What's the recommendation? Well, my songs, obviously. Okay, <laughs> where, where can they find your songs? Um, no, hang on, you're not allowed to recommend no, your own yeah, work. Yeah, no, but all right, I'll, I will take that. Though. What is, where do they find your songs? Uh, YouTube, Facebook. Right, okay. But yeah. yeah, you're not allowed to recommend your no. own work. I forgot about that rule. Okay. No, no. I mean, um, in terms of looking at like the in-depth analyses of Brexit mm. impacts on um, uh, specific, you know, industries or reports yeah. and things, the person that I go to is, is Mike Goldsworthy because he does these amazing. Uh, he's he runs Scientists for EU, and he does these amazing videos okay. on Periscope. Um, okay. And he and he's gone through all the reports, looking at I don't know impacting the NHS, or he did one recently about the uh, busting the myth about the coffee, you know, exploiting coffee farmers in Africa. Oh yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. And he and he go go through the argument and explain everything in really you know uh, explicit detail with all the facts, all the evidence. Uh, the rational argument and that's great to inform remainers that are campaigning who don't necessarily know about these things but then they're informed so they can pass on the knowledge yeah. when they're out campaigning okay good recommendation Alan I guess I guess we're thinking about about music and about young yes, people and about, a song. Um, there's a rapper called Dave 
Uh, and he's, and he, he's from like he's from London. He's got fifty. He's got I think he's up a oh, hundred million views on Spotify, right? And he's got all the and he's got these and he won the best uh, newcomer at the at the Mobo Awards last year. Oh, okay. Uh, and he writes songs about British politics. He's written a song wow. about Brexit, and I think that that's a new phenomenon that we've not seen in British politics since. God, probably since since the since Britpop, which you'll probably remember, James, right? I do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. gonna say Red Wedge, which uh, is before that. I'm a big fan of Britpop. I'm Red Wedge. Okay, right. So yeah, so there's there's a new. So when we talk about Brexit and young people, I think it's part of a broader thing to do with cultural identity and people being re-engaged in politics, which, yeah. as you say, is a, is a really big thing. Uh, and he has songs about Brexit, and I think uh, having music about British politics wouldn't be seen as that as that cool five years ago, but. Yeah. He's, yeah. So I think, I think I think that's evidence that there's that there's there's something going on with young people. Yeah. So that was Madalena Kay, hip young gunslinger of the Remain movement. Look at me again using my trendy talk by referring to her as a hip young gunslinger. The hip young gunslingers were, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, Julie Birchall and. Tony Parsons were the hip young gunslingers of NME back in the 70s, weren't they? I am so down with the kids. The NME doesn't even exist anymore. Um, yet, uh, it was, despite having uh, this young person on, despite me being obviously so achingly hip, it was the UK in a changing Europe wonk Alan Wager that recommended listening to a rapper to understand Brexit. I didn't see that coming. There you go, he's raised the bar. I expect John Curtis to... Uh, match that in a future episode uh, it was uh, an interesting chat i thought madalena did bring a different perspective courtesy of her youth i hope that doesn't sound patronizing uh, and she also brought her guitar and in just a tick we'll play out with one of her songs which she was good enough to play live for us um, before i go i urge you to get in touch to share your thoughts on this or any other episode particularly get in touch if you've written a pro-Brexit song. I would love to hear from you and I would love to play it. We strive for balance on this podcast, or at least I do. Uh, you can get me, I am at Political Yeti on Twitter, or you can get me via my website, which is james-miller.com, and you can find all the recommendations and all the podcasts on that website. Another website where you can find all the podcasts is the UK to Changing Europe site which is uh, ukandeu.ac.uk and their Twitter handle is at ukandeu. This has been the Brexit Breakdown podcast from the UK and Changing Europe, supported by King's College London and funded and supported by the Economic and Social Research Council. My music has been Requiem for a Fish by the Freak Fandango Orchestra again. But to finish this episode, here is Brexit Dividend by EU Supergirl, Madalena Kay. What's an infinitely stupid idea? It's one of the most ridiculous things that I ever thought I'd have. Time, resources and energy, let's waste a lot. Trying to get something that's almost as good but not Broken promises and rhetoric about
are lying politicians with far too much publicity. Thank the BBC for this Orwellian nightmare of false impartiality. We know to be right. Hey.